Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh pop-up greeting cards they have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35 percent off site-wide by using the code dcnews35 that's dcnews35 dcnews35 use that code and receive 35 percent off site-wide at insighteditions.com well hey there all you dc comics news fans fans of comic stories and more Welcome, this is the podcast you've been looking for. Otherwise known as the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, where I, your host Seth Singleton, am happy to share with you my top five picks from DC Comics each and every week. However, you don't have to be a DC Comics fan exclusively. You don't have to be a DC Comics News fan exclusively. You don't even have to be a fan of comics exclusively. Or lists, for that matter. Simply put, if you're here because the sound of my voice helps you fall asleep at night, well, I've had worse reasons for people to read or hear what I do. And honestly, if this is the best way for you to fall asleep, I'm proud to know that I can be a small part of bringing a little bit of comfort and peace into the lives of everyone listening. But if you just like to hear talk about comics and stories, you're in the right place. Now, you might hear some background noise, and that's because I have two amazing, lovely little fur children. They are my French Bulldog Bruno, my Pitbull Fiji, and with the weather warming up for today, a little break in the recent cold and reminders of spring eventually arriving for us, have the chance to open up some doors and windows and let them hang out, but that means bones are going to be chewed, waters will be slurped and they will let you know that they're still here in the background now kicking off this week's episode and i'm talking about episode number 97 here i'm happy to bring you a wonderful selection of books all coming your way the week of march 16th 2021 now first on this list for me is an amazing choice one that i was really excited to hear about the announcement and then Man, you know that idea of like anticipation always building? Well, this is one of those things where Tom Taylor would share something on Twitter. You, you'd catch a blurb, uh, maybe a quick little like glimpse at the art by Bruno Redondo. And you were just, at least I was, not speaking for you. I was really moved by the way that it struck me, by the way it gave that sort of wonderful remembrance, you know, Poor Dick Grayson's been through a really rough time. He's been teased for being called Rick, his memory twisted by Joker, Punchline, so many others. I mean, you can hear my dogs sort of just meandering around in the background. I think they're tired of hearing me talk about it, even though I'm not really sure they actually listen. But in this wonderful story, 
We've got Tom Taylor's writing. We've got Bruno Redondo's art. We've got Adriano Lucas with the color, Wes Abbott with the letters, and Bruno Redondo providing the cover with a variant cover by scan. And the collaboration opens this story with a lovely reminder of Dick as a young boy standing up for others, getting into a fight with someone bigger, stronger, and clearly entitled, and yet still not only holding his own, but making an impact, especially on the one person's home when he does get in trouble. And that's Alfred, because even though at this time he's been adopted by Bruce, it's Alfred who is the one who takes care of him. And we see now Nightwing in this gorgeous double-page spread that also introduces our story leaping into the night, diving off of this beautiful scaffolding. It's a sunrise. There's this wonderful feeling of just exuberance. And with it also is the painful reminder of what it's like when <laughs> when you marry this sort of beauty with the place where it's taking uh, effect. And in this story, it's Bloodhaven. And there's a puppy being kicked by a gang of just jerks. And thankfully, Nightwing's there to take charge, provide a little vengeance, maybe disbursement of some swift justice, and in the process, rescue a little three-legged pup who is adorable, but also scarred from time on the streets. My pitbull actually is why I sort of let off with her and thinking about the story. We got her after she was 11 months, turned out on the streets and just had some rough time and really has uh, always struggled with trust issues, but through a lot of love and care has become an amazing addition to our family and one of the most gentle souls I've ever known. I love the idea that we could see this same thing developing throughout this story that Tom Taylor's crafting along the way. My goodness. I mean, sure. The opening scenes are beautifully nostalgic. The double page spread is gorgeous, but those are just like snippets, highlights from Bruno Redondo's art and Adriano Lucas's colors. It, it's a really perfect alignment of great skills. And I love the way that it's married so well in the bright and beautiful, but also the haunting moments as well. There are some legendary villains within DC. They're not all known as the Joker, Penguin, Batman's rogues, or Flash rogues. There are others who exist. Superman's got a few. Those who have also taken on predecessors include the figure Blockbuster, who makes a violent appearance in this issue, and in doing so, introduces a family from Dick Grayson's past and how this blockbuster <laughs> and his presence is the pathway to political success and also an idea of just what the conflicts waiting for Dick just might turn out to be like. And at the end of the issue, we get a hint of just how much more closely it connects to the history and the loss of his family, otherwise known as the Flying Graysons. We get a lovely appearance from Barbara Gordon, who offers up a quick moment that suggests an undiscovered piece of history revealed from a letter written by Alfred and providing another suggestion for how it is that 
Dick Grayson is going to move forward in the next stage of his life and how he will be able to potentially have some resources at his disposal, all thanks to, once again, the thoughtful, careful, kind-hearted planning of Alfred Pennyworth. Beautiful issue. Great five out of five. This is issue number 78 of Nightwing. I highly encourage you to pick it up if you're looking for a place to jump on. This is a great issue to do it. Reflects on the past, but also projects a wonderful story heading forward. And just like the uh, dogs are getting a little anxious and running around, the warmer weather is bringing people out. So you might hear neighbors and those around me, houses nearby, getting the chance to come out, enjoy the weather, catch up, maybe do a little barbecuing. So if you happen to hear any background noise on that, let me know what your favorites were. Usually for me, it's when the kids start screaming or when the parents are telling them to stop or when I can hear the clangity clang clang of the barbecue, the tools, and all of the commotion it can help create. Now, first story out of the way, Nightwing number 78, moving on to our second choice with Catwoman number 29. Great thing about a list, first one out of the way means it's just time to get started on the second. So for the second one, Catwoman number 29, in the hands of the immensely capable Ram V, who's been doing wonderful things here on Catwoman, carving out his own niche in the upcoming uh, Swamp Thing, Justice League Dark, so many great titles he's been lending his name to. And on this Catwoman issue, collaborating with Fernando Blanco on art, Jordi Belair's colors, Tom Napolitano's letters, Joelle Jones and Laura Allred with the original cover and the variant cover by Jenny Frison. Man, Catwoman it has so many different things going on, from her time now controlling the nest in Alleytown to the influence she's been having on the drug trade. But she's also invited the challenge of others. For starters, there's that Bible-quoting, preacher-like, gun-toting sharpshooter. But now we have a new player on the scene, one with a very interesting costume that's a bit honeycombed in design and features some unique and painful implements like very sharp swords, the ability to teleport. But we also have the story of how Detective Hadley, he's the one who found Catwoman lying, bleeding, and struggling to stay alive when Catwoman had secured pieces of Batman's fortune. And also, she then turned around and in Catwoman number 27, had offered a, I'm not sure what you would call it, not really an olive ranch. She didn't need peace, but she was certainly handing things off to the right person by stealing a drug sh shipment and then making sure that Hadley got a hold of it, to which he's not only thankful, but also inquisitive, because while he has the drugs themselves, he doesn't have the evidence that would allow him to understand how to prosecute those responsible to which Catwoman is quick to establish not only their past, their recent history, and the terms of their relationship, one in which she is not a criminal informant or a CI, and where there is some definite heat between her and the detective, but at her derision of the idea of him being a police officer, it's <laughs> a familiar red-headed companion who says, yeah, but you've done worse. 
To which Catwoman can only reply, don't take it the wrong way, but you were a lot more enjoyable to have around when you weren't talking so much. Now, what is the symbol behind the supplier of the drugs, the maker of the drugs, and how does it connect to a a wonderful character from DC Comics who sadly recently has been portrayed more often than not as a victim, someone to be used and laboratized and then processed. Now, with that decision is an interesting predicament, one that will eventually be revealed to Catwoman in this story, but because I don't want to give away what that wonderful secret might be, and because I feel overall it's important for you, the reader, to experience that moment, I'm doing my best to get better at not spoiling things. Don't believe me? Listen to some early episodes of The Spinner Rack. Trust me, sometimes I just dropped it in there, and... uh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but I'm learning, right? Now, I love this issue because in every instance, the letters are approached with a wonderful tact. Great credit given to Tom Napolitano here. Um, each voice is not only presented with a different sort of you know tone in the lettering and, of course, from the writing of Ram V, but there's also uh, colors assigned to the different pieces of the dialogue. And then there's this wonderful texture that comes in when we get Catwoman's narrative, when she's monologuing and talking to the reader and sort of explaining what's going on and why it is that she's now setting her sights on the next possible victim of this new attacker, someone she needs, someone who likes to tell riddles. Yes, you probably can guess who that is, but that's all the hint I'm going to give. But just because she finds this person, well, doesn't mean that everything's okay. In fact, she ends up finding a lot of trouble. I don't know how much it's worth. Certainly, I don't know how much this person is worth. But then we have not only our newest challenge for Catwoman on the scene, but also that same gun-toting preacher as previously mentioned, as well as a discovery. One that will, I think, change how Catwoman has been dealing with those around her and what this idea she has about cleaning up parts of Alleytown and get ridding getting rid of, get ridding, getting rid of the elements like drugs that can be so uh, destructive to a world where she just wants to commit some honest grift. So when it comes to what's going to happen next, I'm curious to see how it all plays out. This is a wonderful setup. Catwoman number 29, it, there's a lot going on, but it's not a bad place to jump in. And it's a really perfect five out of five book for me to pause allow you to hear all the great ads about all the great stuff we have going on here at DC Comics News. Then when it's over, I'll be right back with three, four, and five on this week's list, episode number 97 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have 
all kinds of amazing items. And right now, you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNEWS35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5. DCNEWS35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Hi everyone, I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast, here every week to talk everything DC, movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it, here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast, it's audio justice. (laughs) No, 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 it's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up the bat, i nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. 
You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. (laughs) We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. (laughs) Off the the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want. God damn it. All right, we're gonna Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes. Content creation reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. I don't know about you, but I always feel a little jazzy when that saxophone sort of music fades out there on that final ad. It, it's a great sort of like, and then pick right up into what we've got next. I'm talking about, well, what I'm always talking about here on this show. This is The Spinner Rack, episode number 97. If you've been with me the whole time, and I hope you have, you've heard so far my first and second choices. I'm pulling all of my resources to figure out what my five books will be from this week's selection. I'm talking about the books from March 16th. We're through the first two. What will the remaining three be? Sometimes it's a toss-up. I'll, I'll put two or three out there, and I'll just sort of eeny, meeny, miny, moe it, and then by the time I start talking, that's the book I've chosen. Not so the case with every book on this week. In fact, for this next one, I was really impressed and intrigued. Loved it when my uh, local comic shop was letting me know hey, here's something we think you'll enjoy. And I certainly did. In fact, I was reminded of it and so happy to pick it up and add it to my selection. I'm talking about Justice League number 59. Now with writer Brian Michael Bendis collaborating with David Marquez, colors by Tamara Bonvillain, letters by Josh Reed with a cover and wraparound variant by Marquez and Bonvillain, and a Zack Snyder Justice League variant cover. There are covers by Jim Lee and Alex Sinclair, Liam Sharp, and Lee Bermejo. 
go ahead and pick them all up. You won't be disappointed. I know I wasn't, and it's why I was happy to include Justice League number 59 on this week's list. We have a really nice start with a sense of loss. What what happens when, man, I think as far too many people are familiar with in the past year and eventually we all have to face in our lives, what it means to lose a loved one. And at a solemn moment, like a cemetery, Black Adam appears because this cemetery is in Kondok. And suddenly a stranger arrives, one who refers to himself as Brutus, and one who is clearly capable of tossing around Black Adam and causing some impressive harm until the Justice League arrives. And first, it's Superman who really (laughs) makes Black Adam look a little bad by simply one-handed catching a punch from Brutus and flinging him out over the nearby ocean. Black Adam knows no more than Superman, and then we get a chance to see Aquaman make an appearance, but things get interesting when Aquaman and Brutus explode out of the water, and then it's Hawkgirl using her mace who knocks Brutus back into the water, only to have her mace react in the most unusual way she's experienced. Both her and Brutus have questions about what's happening. He wants to know what her mace is made of. She is more than happy to bring it upside his head for a closer look, and and then the battle is over with Brutus escaping despite Batman's cries for Clark, a.k.a. Superman, to stop him. And then another awkward exchange between the Justice League and Black Adam, the sovereign ruler of Kondok, one who does not seem interested in participating with the Justice League in any way, although he's slowly making his way onto the scene, whether it was in the uh, Endless Winter special that he had or in other storylines. It makes sense knowing that we've got the eventual Dwayne Johnson Black Adam movie coming our way. And I've always liked Black Adam for the, the amazing sort of complexity he offers. It's still one of my favorite moments from the New 52 storyline. And one of the reasons why I, I love what is possible when DC's great writers and artists bring to life new possibilities for characters who once seemed to exist in only one facet, now being part and capable of so much more. So what does it all mean that the nth metal in the mace is reacting in a strange way? Well, it has something to do with another Brian Michael Bendis character, and I'm not going to give that away for you. You're going to discover it for your own. Much like Naomi's friends are discovering what her secret is and why the sudden appearance of a very famous and powerful figure in the sky will actually mean for the rest of this story. We're going to have to wait until the next issue to find out because things break off with a wonderful backup story about the Justice League Dark, written by Ram V. Remember him from that Catwoman's Catman, Catwoman story we were just talking about? Well, Ram V really caught my attention with his wonderful work on Justice League Dark. Love what I see here in this backup story. Wonderful collaboration with artist Romanico, with colorist Romulo Fajardo Jr., letterer Rob Lay, and a story that brings us back to Caledonia that reunites some mythic characters, one who is, by all announcements, Merlin, the other, a, 
a patient, kind, committed, unwavering warrior, betrayed by so much, not only faith, but promise. And then we shift over to New Mexico, where John Constantine and a little someone who likes to say magic backwards have arrived to investigate just what it is that's going on and causing such an unbelievable explosion of violence. Why is it that a stranger arrived and caused all of this, it would appear? And why does a classic character whose alter ego is known for rhyming and spitting fire appear right as we learn just how bad Merlin can be and what lengths he will go to bring the world to a destiny that he has foresaw and seen forestalled and now it appears will do just about anything to bring to life. This was an amazing book with a great story, uh, absolutely phenomenal art by Armonico. Uh, Romulo Fajardo Jr.'s colors are, <laughs> they're really quite lovely. And the letters, they're so well handled and so just brilliantly executed by Rob Lay because they, they point out the different voices from the narrator to the different characters to <laughs> so many amazing figures. And they capture the nuances the way speech does. And it's like watching a great actor perform with talent and skill. It's a gift I highly encourage you to enjoy. I recommend with enthusiasm. It's a great way for us to come back to the ads with a from the ads with a great five out of five book. We're not quite done though. I still have books number four and five to share with you. And taking that fourth spot is Superman, red and blue, number one. This is another one of those examples where DC continues to simply make it and make it look so good in the process. Red and Blue is a lovely reminder of what happens when you take a concept like black and white or black, white, and red and others and extend it to a concept like red and blue. Superman stories featuring the colors in vibrant, gorgeous ways. This cover by uh, Gary Frank and Brad Anderson is matched by variant covers from Lieber Mayho and Yoshitaka Amano. We've got an untitled story by John Ridley, with art by Clayton Henry, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Dave Sharp, followed by the story The Measure of Hope by Brandon Easton, art by Steve Liber, colors by Ron Chan, and letters by Clayton Cowles. That's followed by The Boy Who Saved Superman, which is written and illustrated by Wes Craig and lettered by Darren Bennett, as well as Human Colors, written by Dan Waters with illustrations by Danny, and letters by Dave Sharp. Then we have The School of Hard Knock Knock Jokes by Marguerite Bennett with illustrations by Jill Thompson and letters by Troy Pateri. A really, really gorgeous collection. One of those anthology moments that reminds you of all of the great things that DC creators can do in such a short number of pages. The story starts out with a haunting reminder of a period in Superman's life when he was humbled, humiliated, broken and where he is left with an opportunity to try and do something in response, and challenged by the idea that just because he can do something doesn't mean he always has the right to do something. Uh, the next story moves into a gorgeous reminder of how it is that Superman 
feels responsible for all the times he couldn't be there. And also, a glimpse into a past in which Superman needed help from others, and how his life was saved by a boy who, for the most part, goes unrecognized, is not remembered for the amazing things he did. And yet, it's Clark Kent who has the opportunity to also be an inspiration. The rest of the stories are pure, just pure gold. I <laughs> I can't praise them enough. And when it comes to DC's anthologies, you're always going to be better off for picking them up than you are for letting them go. I highly encourage you to include them, make them a part of all the things you're adding in your list. If you don't, I won't be mad at you. I won't even say anything bad about it. I just know that there's nothing worse than regret, right? So with that, I'd also like to take an opportunity to keep in mind that this week I had six books to choose from. And while I never wish to disparage a book that I don't, the reasons why I chose this next one are because, by comparison, I felt it was the strongest offering. And if you got kids, boy, have I got a gift for you. I'm talking about Looney Tunes number 259. Did you know Looney Tunes comics are published by DC and that this is issue number 259? Man, that's a lot of books and a lot of stories. And this one is packed to the very brim. It starts out with the story Cell Phony by Sholly Fish with pencils by Walter Carson, inks by Horatio Ottolini, colors by Silvana Breeze, letters by Gabriella Downey, and a cover by Carzone and Ottolini with Breeze in collaboration. Man, there's nothing worse than getting a wonderful, shiny new cosmic obliterator, especially if you're Marvin the Martian, but then not being able to use it because there's some pesky salesperson who is and looks exactly like Daffy Duck because it is Daffy Duck. Doing all the things, you know, an annoying salesperson would do, explaining all the ways that he's actually an inferior way to get things, especially in response to Marvin Martian's claim that, well, I, I get everything online. <laughs> now, how does this turn into a disaster for a series of instant Martians as well as the shiny new obliterator gun and maybe even Daffy and Marvin? Well, you're going to have to open the pages up to take a look. But there's more than just that story in store. There's Ring Ding featuring a lovely little moment between Sylvester the cat and a yellow bird-like I thought I saw a putty cat little fellow. And then a Duckwing commander story that, well features Jesse Leon McCann and a host of collaborative talents bringing that one to life. How wild does it get in a loony, toony, space cartoony? Well, you're going to want to pick this one up. It's one of the longer stories, and interestingly enough, it brings us around to a character we saw in that first story. You're going to laugh. You're going to chuckle. Your kids will enjoy this as well. It's a wonderful reminder of all of the zaniness that made Looney Tunes such a staple when it came to Saturday morning cartoons, lazy weekend and weekday afternoons, and that wonderful sort of delight that colors and animated, anthropomorphized uh, animals can bring, especially when they have, you know, affectations that are just adorable. That's it. That's my fifth and final book here for episode number 90, 97 
of the DC Comics new Spinner Rack, three away from 100. Wow, absolutely phenomenal. So thankful for you to be here with me for, if you've been from the very beginning, wow, you're amazing. And if you joined at some other point or if this is your first episode, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for continuing to hang out and for always leaving me on that subscribe list if you haven't if this is your first time please subscribe rate review hit the button on your player and make sure i'm always in your feet because i'm not alone i'm actually lucky enough to be part of the dc comics news podcast network where you can get all kinds of amazing content like our weekly podcast wrap up covering all the news from movies television streaming comics and more and you also get original programming like DC Comics New Spinner Rack, where I bring you my top five picks each and every week. Episode by episode breakdowns of shows like Batman Animated Series in the podcast I Am the Night, hosted by Steve J. Ray. The Irreverent uh, Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast, where we break down hilarious episodes of that show with the same crew you can hear on the weekly podcast. Just for an adult audience. And speaking of adult audiences, on YouTube right now, DCN After Dark, wow, hosted by our very own Kelly Gaines and Tony Hayes. They talk about all the stuff adults want to talk about. They do it in a video format. So there's cooking, there's laughter, there's drinks, and really some very stimulating conversation, only for the adult ears and eyes. And because we have so many great things for you to choose, there's always content geared for your audience, whether young, old, or just a kid at heart. Thanks for hanging out. Let me know all the things you're thinking. You can tell the whole team your thoughts just by putting at DC Comics News with your comment on whatever platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the biggies, even some of the littles, Tumblr and such. When you do, put that at symbol, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S, you will guarantee we hear what you're saying, we get a chance to pass it along, and the whole team gets to sort of enjoy the fact that we're answering your question, hearing your thoughts, good, bad, the other, and being part of that great conversation, this technology that brings us all together, no matter we are in the world. And as for me, well, I've been your host, Seth Singleton. It's been an absolute pleasure to hang out with you. If you want to find me on the, the wider web, just type my name, Seth Singleton. You know what? I'm not easy to find. Just... Type my name into whatever search engine you want. Come say hey when you get a chance. And if not, thanks for listening. You don't even have to find me and say anything. It's just a pleasure to uh, share these great stories with you and know that whenever you are listening, that's where we have an opportunity to make a connection about something I think we both know and love. Great comics, great stories, great memories that come from this amazing thing we get to share. Till next time, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. And as we always like to encourage, read more comics. Have a great night or day or whatever it is you're having. Enjoy it.